Hey y'all, welcome to Education, Where we talk about history from a black perspective. I am Brando. And I'm Mia, and I also recognize that we did that backwards. So because we normally, did. Normally, <laughs> normally I say it. I'm looking at you like uh <laughs> Okay. All right, girl. That's why I sounded so forced. Our bad, y'all. It's been a minute okay. since we actually recorded. So okay, but we're here. We're back, and we're better. We are. Period. Pool. Whatever Bryce Bryce until it says, I'm back and I'm better. <laughs> okay. All right. For real, for real. So what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about Marcus Garvey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Marcus. I got a cousin named Marcus. Everybody got a cousin named Marcus or mm-hmm. uncle. You, I had an uncle right. named Marcus. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, um, the reason I chose to talk about Marcus Garvey is mainly because I really want to see your reaction to a lot of his ideas. Yeah. I don't really know what side you're going to take when it comes to, like, breaking down some of the thoughts and processes that he had. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how you feel about his whole approach to, basically, uh, racism. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, I have strong opinions on You have that. strong opinions about everything. Yeah. So, I'm very curious to see how yeah. it goes. Because um, I really don't know a lot about um, about Brother Marcus, except for I just know that he was Jamaican, right? And yeah, he was Jamaican. I also know that, what, didn't he like want to take the people back to Africa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, he was just like, let's go back to Africa. And mm, I don't know how I feel about that because it's just like, uh,. Yeah, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm very curious to see because it. you're low-key a separationist, so <laughs> I feel like... I, I don't know that I would go back to Africa, but <laughs> I mean, we could definitely create our own, like our own little space. Our yeah, own you're space definitely here. a separatist, so, so I just be okay. like, I can't wait to hear yeah. all about it. So, Marcus Garvey, right? Mm. Marcus Garvey, as we have already stated, was a Jamaican-born man, um, and he was also a black nationalist. If you don't know what that means, it's basically Marcus Garvey believed in black power. Like, he believed that, right, (laughs) that the black man owed nothing to anybody else. They should only be loyal to themselves, things of that nature, right? Um, Marcus Garvey really starts to come out and be prominent in around 1916. Um, But in 1914, he creates the Universal Negro Improvement Association, also known as UNIA. Um, Through this, um, Marcus Garvey is actually brought to the United States, like through this program that he establishes. Because again, he is actually not American. Right. So he gets brought over to the United States. And as soon as Marcus gets here, he is ready to blow up everybody's spot. All right. Because because you said 1916, 19... Oh, racism. Who's in office? Woodrow right. Wilson. Literally oh, like, racism. Yes. Okay. A birth of a nation. So we're going to have this resurgence of the KKK. Oh, I'm sure he came at the he came at the right time. He came <laughs> at the right time. And by right, right time, I mean worst time. Exactly. So Marcus Garvey, again, because he's not an American-born man, he has a lot of pride within his, um, his race, his ethnicity, you know, his culture, all these things. And he gets to the United States and he's like, why y'all letting these niggas treat y'all like this? Like, this right. is some bullshit. Y'all are black people. Like, he's really just, like, taken back with the idea of, like, people allowing white people to be discriminatory against him because it's something that he really doesn't understand or can't comprehend. Well, so I find it interesting, though, because Jamaica was colonized by the British, if I'm not mistaken, during this time. And I'm not sure that 
did they have their independence by this point in time? I don't think so. I don't think that but they did. I'm sure there was sprinkles of racism in Jamaica. Maybe it was a like, different kind. Yeah, but I, say, I feel like it was like overt racism that okay. really kind of shocked him, like in the street type of racism that was really just kind of like mm. like them lynching. lynching yeah, them. quite okay. literally, or like you know be- beating black men and things like that. It was, I feel like he was just really taken aback. Oh no, Jim Crow laws. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Okay, got this it. is the time of Jim Crow, black codes, all those things. And he's just like, the hell is going yeah, on? Like, why are y'all? Okay. Then these niggas treat you like this. So, what he says is like, you know what? Y'all need to go back somewhere where y'all, y'all's people are. Y'all need to go back where y'all are respected. And the only place that y'all can get those things and get respect is to go back to Africa. Hence the Back to Africa movement, right? Mm. So, he basically ap- appeals to the League of Nations to start a colony in Africa for black people. Um, and they're like... Liberia, right? Yeah, in Liberia. Okay. And they're like, nigga, no. Like... <laughs> Why would we give you money to help you do this when the niggas are fighting here and also we can exploit them for profit? And yeah, of course, of course. Right. Yeah. So they're like, hell no. And basically what he ends up saying is like, you know what? I'll leave. Like, y'all don't respect me. Y'all don't want to hear me out. I'll leave. Um, and also he kind of gets run that run out. But we'll talk about that in a second. So Marcus Garvey's like, y'all don't deserve me. Y'all don't understand what I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm trying to save you stupid people. Yes. And y'all are just literally not listening to me. He has like me. a millennial spirit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And Gen Z. Like, we're not working in a job that, like, that does not suit us. Like, we will quit. We will, we will quit. Yeah, we he was basically leave. like, I will actually fucking leave. I'm, I'm liking him so far. Like, I figured I, you would, I, honestly. I'm not seeing what the issue is. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. So, first he's like, I'm going to leave. Fuck y'all. Y'all not listening to what the fuck I got to say. And then he realizes that he actually has a following of, like, a decent amount of people. Like, mm-hmm. by the year, like, 16, 17-ish, 16, 18, he 19, has, like, 19. 19. Not you didn't took us back to colonial times, girl. <laughs> I didn't mean 19, y'all. I'm so sorry. But, fun fact, 16, 19 is when the first uh, African slaves get here into that the colony. True. So, I mean, maybe, that, you know. You know what? My it's coming, mind. It's coming full circle. Yeah. yeah. My mind, yeah, I you like know? that. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, yes, 19, 19, my apologies. He realized that he has a huge like following, and by 1923, he has like six million people that are actually supporting his Back to Africa movement. But how many? but but wait, how many? Six million. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. By 1923, yeah, he has a. It's giving viral to, on, it's, on Instagram. Okay, it's on TikTok. Blue, it's giving blue check. It's giving blue check. Okay. Period. Got it. Um, and he still um like has the UNIA that is basically helping him organize all these things to get his mm-hmm. thoughts together. Um, but he has a shit ton of critics. Can you guess? Who his critics are at this particular time? Besides white people, <laughs> besides they're black. Black people, nineteen twenties, um, conservative. I wouldn't not conservative necessarily. Um, Booker, not? Booker T. Washington, W. E. B. Du Bois. Absolutely. I had to put myself in the time frame of who was prominent during that time. I was like, yep, yeah. Okay. Hated this nigga. Got it. For a few reasons. Number one, uh, both of them believe that, like, we need to make America a space for us because we don't know anywhere else. Like, we ain't never been to Africa. Like, mm. of course, we know that's where our ancestry comes from. But, like, we've never been there. That's not our home. So why the mm. fuck would we go back to Africa? And number two, nigga, you're not from here. <laughs> they really okay. had beef with the fact that he was Jamaican. Like, they were like, you don't understand anything about us, about our culture, how we live here because you not from here bro like how can you tell us anything about american um being black and being american Mm -hmm. when again 
you don't know anything about it. And his defense, Marcus Garvey's defense was basically like, but I can see from a perspective that y'all don't understand. Like, because I don't live here, I see how badly y'all are treated. So that's why I'm saying y'all need to pack up y'all shit and that's move. That's very interesting that you say that because it's kind of like the, that mentality of you don't know better. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to show you a different perspective, but then it's kind of like the sheep in the pen that don't know that they're about to be killed. Like, they're in ignor- yep. ignorance is bliss, yep. you know, essentially. So they don't have the experience of knowing what it's like to actually be in a country where it's okay to be black and you don't have to follow all these things. And this is where I get, I get right. like, this is where I know that you're like, okay, what side are you going to take? Because it kind of leads to the argument that we have today where we talk about black acceptance mm-hmm. in places and um, black people breaking these uh, or creating these milestones or, you know, to get into white spaces where mm-hmm. for me, it's just like, for what? <laughs> like, for what? For what? For yeah. what? I know there's like a big controversy right now um, to get like slightly off topic, but um, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, girl, uh, the black girl, she was at U- UCLA or something. Mm-hmm. One of these schools in, but basically she did like a, a dance team there. Mm-hmm. Um and they're basically doing um, like bucking and um, it's like major the stuff that you but it's the stuff that you typically would see black people do. At, at, at HBCU oh okay, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of that kind of stuff and so she took it to a PWI and so Ooh, there's been, I know bitches were mad me <laughs> me, <laughs> oh, I can't stand me, me oh, I'm I can't bitches stand me I'm bitches because and but it like the PWI HBCU debate has just been raging like yeah for, forever forever but i just i here's my thing like i understand the need to create a black space or a safe space for mm-hmm. yourself if you are surrounded by white people um so i understand the need for an affinity group those mm-hmm. kind of things however with this i feel like this is something that is culturally attached to hbcus that's fair so sis could have went to a HBCU if she wanted to do that. That's but then people are saying like, oh, well, HBCU, they might not have had like her major or they might not have gave her, given her money. So yeah. like, I see both sides. But yeah. my thing is like for like I gatekeep. Yeah. I gate. <laughs> I gate. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. No one is invited to the cookout. That's no. not black. And it shouldn't be. No one. No one. No one is. So my thing is like I, I can already see now where this is happening at this school. They already are on. Um, they already went viral. They are already on. Um, Jennifer Hudson. Is it said, white people? No, ain't no oh, okay. white people up there yet. Because I would have been. Okay, because I'm like I would have been told you. I would have been. Yeah. Been, so it's it's all black girls. But what happens when a white girl comes? I was gonna say, and then I think my bigger issue is that like, okay, you started at this one school, and it may be all black people here, but now somebody else at another school is gonna start it, and then we start adopting white people, and then it's gonna get to the point where it's literally just white teams doing the thing. Now they don't even know what the fuck they're doing because it's not. And you're doing culture. it for a majority of white audiences, right? No, like this is not for their entertainment. No, not at all. I don't like it. And then there's this phenomenon of when white people enter or insert themselves into black spaces, and they do things that are. I'm, I'm gonna try to not fuck up the word colloquially. There we go <laughs> because that word be beating my ass. I'm gonna say, dog. I can't say it either. But. When they do something that's seen as like black, like they have mm. rhythm or, you know, they dress a certain way or they're swaggy and stuff like that. Black people hype them up and give them a platform. Yeah, they and do. It's like for fucking what? 
You're literally hyping them up for doing things that millions of black people do every single day. So to tie back into Mar um, Marcus Garvey, because we did take a little detour, but <laughs> I am firmly for gatekeeping and believing that black spaces need to remain black. And yeah. like, no, you can't, you can't come. I think my biggest, so like my biggest issue with Marcus Garvey is I, I'm a Scorpio at heart. I like to fix shit where I see an issue. So like, I just cannot imagine being like, because realistically speaking, you're not going to be able to take all these black people with you, right? Realistically mm -hmm. speaking. So I would have an issue with them being like, all right, this 10,000, uh, this group of 10,000 black people, we're going to go back to Africa. The rest of y'all going to stay over here and suffer. Like, I just like, because that's my beef with Black Panther, right? <laughs> like, Black Panther, love that movie down. But like, in theory, even when you like read the comics and stuff, it's like basically what y'all decided to do was take y'all little group of black people over here and make sure y'all was good. And y'all said, fuck everybody else that was struggling. Like, and I know it's not the purpose of those, right. you know, comics or movies or anything like that, but like, that's basically what happens. And I have a big issue with that because for me, I'm for the collective of black people, even the ones that get on my nerve, even the ones that I don't like, like, I feel like at the end of the day, like, if you say you are for black people, then you need to be for all black people. So you need, you need to be solutions oriented to be trying to think of a way, like, I may not be able to absolutely solve all these issues, but I need to be in my mind. I need to be thinking for the collective of black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's always I my think, side yeah, that I come from. I think that culturally black people are the only group that don't have a collective mindset mm. though because if you look at other groups of people they have their own communities and they're able to not necessarily gatekeep but they're able to create spaces for them and and those spaces like are like very much so solidified as their yeah. spaces like they have certain parts of town like you know that this is where they live you know um the language even mm -hmm. is adapted to um, look at them. You can even literally go here in Houston. You can go to like, um, uh, like down past Bel Air, mm -hmm. and they have like areas like um, for I don't want to say like Chinatown, but yeah, similar. But yeah, and like literally on the signs, like they the signs are written in like whatever their languages, like, whatever yeah. languages. So it's just like you know, like. But, Black people have those places, but they're being gentrified. I'm going to say, yeah. And I also, but I, I really feel like a lot of that goes back to the fact that, I mean, we have created our own culture as Black Americans, but like. Everyone takes it. So is it ours? Right. That, so like, is it's, it ours? we also don't have a like, I don't want to say we don't have culture because that's not true, but like. We do. We don't have, what's the, the correct verbiage I'm looking for? Like, I can't tie myself back to Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I, we don't have that because I feel like even with um, like African, like actual African Americans, because I'm an African American, but I'm really mainly American because I can't tie myself back to Africa, right? Right. So African Americans that can actually tie themselves back to Africa, I feel like they even exist in like a different culture. Like they have their I own agree. sections. Yes. As Black Americans, yes. it's hard for us to establish that because one, it's either going to be gentrified or taken by white people, which has been like just. Because we don't have that, we didn't have it to start with, and when we did have it, they took it from us. That's just something that we mm -hmm. can't actually start and maintain that they can't take away, I guess. But, like, I just feel like a lot of that goes back to that whole idea, and, like, it fucking sucks, but it's the truth. Like, I feel like a lot of what we lack is because white people have never allowed us to have those things, and unfortunately, we do come from people that were formerly enslaved, so we weren't allowed to have those things, so... Yeah. I think Marcus had it right in theory, but I think that there would have been a lot of working pieces that he may not have accounted for because even with that, like what you were saying, uh, I mean, there are certain um, 
which we're saying like they're like Houston, I, I believe, has the biggest Nigerian population mm-hmm. here outside of Nigeria. And so I won't say that there's gatekeeping, but there's certain language that's used and like I, I, like and it's very it's very distinguished that there is a listen, culture. Because I went to the University of Houston and they had one of the highest African populations. And if I tell you the motherfuckers gatekeep, like there but are just certain things. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything that. wrong with it either, but like it's it's gatekeeping and it's also a um, sense of superiority because they know that they know okay. where they come from. Yes. You know what I mean? Don't. It, it, and it is like, and it sounds bad. And it's like one of those things. I remember when I was in college, one of my friends, she did the, the little ancestry kit or whatever to figure out where mm-hmm. she was from. And she found out that she was from, um, I want to say it was either Nigeria, Jamaica. One of the, either way, we had like one of the little groups on campus or whatever. And right. she tried to go join and they literally told her no. Like, because they were like, you don't have any actual ties to that. Like, you're not yeah. from there. You're not first, second generation, like whatever. But like, it's, it's one of those things like, okay, y'all mad at us for not knowing. We figured it out and now you mad because we don't know shit about it. Like, how are we well, supposed to know? Yeah, I think, but true. I also feel like, I mean, I'm kind of 50 50 on that too because. Um, there are certain experiences that um, I think that those groups of people had as yeah. far as like even growing up and how they were raised and finding out as an adult, hey, this is like my culture is great. However, it's just like you missed all those integral yeah. years. So it's like you, I, I see it. Yeah. I see both sides. I, I, say, I feel 50-50 about it too because I would feel some type of way if somebody that was white passing came up to me talking about, oh, I just took my answer to test and found out I'm have much percent black. I'd be yeah. like, girl, get out of my face. Because you so, your whole life privilege, Right. So. so I'd be like, girl. So I'm not mad. Like, yeah, I can't necessarily say I'm mad about that kind of yeah. thing, you know, at all. I mean, and if you are really, I think, um, wanting to tap into that, like, for instance, with the ancestry thing, um, I feel like maybe, like, making that pilgrimage back to mm-hmm. Africa and maybe, like, if you can actually trace your roots to any living descendants you have there, I feel like that would be more receptive versus yeah. like maybe joining like an affinity group at, you know, a college or yeah, university, for sure. you know, so I think maybe that would help too. Um, but I feel what you're saying because Marcus wanted to take these people back to Africa, yeah. but I have questions because it's just like, <laughs> like, like, sure. sounds great in theory, but how are you going to convince these people to go to Africa? First of all, um, how are you, um, how are people, like, like you just said, so we just talked about gatekeeping of um, certain cultures of uh, people of color. So, like, how are Jamaican people going to feel, because he's Jamaican. Right, So, yeah. how are Jamaican people going to feel about this crusade? We already know how um, certain African-American leaders feel about this. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like when you get to Africa, how is the people in Africa going to feel right, about Right, because these are niggas that don't. They don't follow our tradition, our culture, none of that. You trying to bring them over here for what? Mm. We don't know where these niggas supposed to be. Like, and how are you funding all of this? Right. And what is your what is your overall funding plan? Are you going to be completely dependent upon the League of Nations? Because at the end of the day, that kind of like for me, that kind of uh, defeats the purpose because yep. you're still dependent upon white people for your yep. success. Yep. Yep. And I feel like that's what a lot of the critiques from a lot of the black leaders were. Like, what's the plan when you get there, bro? Like, okay, you get them over there now. Excuse me, now what? You know? So I think that was a lot of the critique. And also, again, just going back to the idea of we have never been over there. We don't have ties over there. And, like, why it would be great to learn about our ancestry and have all those things. And I think that's where I'm at with it, too. Yeah, we just don't don't know anything about Mm -hmm. that 
about Africa because we've yeah. never been there. Yeah, I've never taken an ancestry test because and I, don't I plan like to. yeah. I, I mean, I think I am eventually, but like I had strong opinions about it because it's just like why should I have to pay for like finding out where I'm from? Like because <laughs> you like, niggas took it from me exactly. So, but I'm feel, also a bit of a hotep when it comes to those ancestry kids because I'm like, why would you give the government your DNA? That, I'm telling you, that literally be my thought. I was like, oh my God, they're keeping this shit for some. But, but to me, I just kind of feel like the government already has all of our Probably. information. Probably. Like, I'm telling you. I feel like they, that, they literally have our information already. That is my they one whole tip point. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that shit, y'all. To me, if they want to find you, sis, they <laughs> like, like, shut the fuck up and let me have this. I just be like, ah, you just gonna give them that? You have a smartphone. They, they know all your business already. Shut up. Let me have this part. Okay, so but, okay, so what ended up happening? So he went right. He, he, <laughs> he so Marcus Garvey basically ends up getting run out of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Garvey is actually hilarious. I have a little bit of respect for him because I, I think there was purpose in what he was trying to do. Obviously, it didn't actually come into fruition. Um, but what we see happen is basically um, a lot of the black leaders and white leaders are like, "Yo, we gotta get this nigga out of here." Black leaders because they don't agree. White leaders because they're like, they're, "He's trying to take not all that, the niggas." Not that combined. What? Yeah, they was like, mm, "Not fucking with it." So basically, what happens is he gets run out of the United States, um, basically out of fear. He tries to come back, and once he comes back, he actually gets arrested for mail fraud. Right. Wait, what? Yeah, he gets arrested for mail fraud in connection to like some some company or something. I don't even know the, like the full details on it, but he get ar- gets arrested for mail fraud. He spends like two years in jail. He gets out. He's like, yeah, fuck y'all. I need to go back where I came from. Well, that's what they told you the first time, bro. Right, yeah. You didn't listen. Um, but then he ends up getting pardoned by... Um, President, what is his name? Coolidge? I always say it wrong. It's Calvin Coolidge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He gets pardoned by him, and then he goes back home where he dies. Yes. Aww. In 1940. 1940. Okay. And actually, no, I lied. He doesn't die in um, Africa. He goes to London, and he dies in London. Yeah, I heard he had beef with people in London, too. Yeah, Same this thing. nigga had beef everywhere, because basically, Marcus was going around spreading his word to everybody that would listen, and Got it. every country, continent, wherever that nigga was, he was spreading his message, because he truly believed in it, which I, again, I have a little bit of respect for, because I see what bro was saying, I just feel like, again, I'm for the collective of niggas, so I feel like whatever plan you come up with, it has to work for the majority, and not the minority. Got it. You know? Got it. Okay. Yeah, Got but it. y'all, that's the story of Marcus Garvey. He has a lot more like little interesting tidbits. So if you ever get a chance, I really encourage you to go read more about him. I think he's a very interesting man that um had a great dream. It just wasn't fully thought out and he didn't have a lot of uh support from leaders um, you know, during that time. But that's the story of Marcus Garvey, y'all. And All yeah. Right. All right, and we will catch you next time. I am Brando. And I'm Mia. All right, peace. Peace.